Welcome to the Data Coffee Break Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Christian. If you are passionate about data like us, take a seat, relax, and join us to our coffee break where we discuss all things data. And remember, there are no filters, no PR. It's just a real life experience. So let's begin. Welcome, Mark. I can see that you're back in your house after, how was it, two weeks? being traveling around the world two weeks away two weeks and enjoying a bit better weather but uh, <laughs> obviously it was uh, for work so it's always a, a bit difficult to find uh, some time on evenings to to go out for that yeah but yeah back in london is very cold these days yes actually the week ahead is going to be below zero degrees temperatures i didn't check <laughs> oh yes. my god <laughs> we need to get ready definitely yes and last week at the actually gave the advice on how to manage yourself, like time manage yourself. So we really wanted to to dedicate a whole episode for it. Uh, definitely there is many resources online when it comes to time management. But I guess for us it could be good because we can bring it from a perspective of doing time management for during your work time in the sense of or to apply for your current job and all or we've done it or if we've been successful with some of those if we've not been successful yes. what uh, we tried what we heard about as well i think there is few of them uh, uh, that could be explored a bit, a bit further yes 100 percent. so today we're going to give you 10 tips for effective time management and they are work related but most of them may go to other parts of life but i guess it's, they are all intrinsically interdependent First tip, learn to prioritize. Very recently, Mark introduced me to the concept of the Eisenhower matrix. The whole concept is to identify or help you understand what is urgent versus important. We're going to put the link on the description, but if we take a look at this matrix, so you can write a, a big square box and put a cross on it, meaning that you're going to have four quadrants. On the top left, we have urgent and important, at the top right, we have not urgent, but important. At the bottom left, we have not important, but urgent. And at uh, the bottom right, we have not urgent and not important. And the whole point of this is that the top quadrant is do it or schedule it. For example, respond to that email that you say that I'll come back to you by close of business today. What is not urgent, but it's also important is, for example, you need to dedicate time to um, upskill and... What is not important is something that you can delegate when it's urgent or you delete it, meaning that you stop doing it when it's not urgent and not important. I don't know, Mark, how do you prioritize yourself? No, I found this um, technique, methodology, don't know what's the best way to describe that, uh, very effective. I actually learned about it on the very first day of engineering school. Basically, the head of uh, the engineering school came to us and <laughs> draws a square on the on the board and told us, like, this is all you have to manage your time and your life now. <laughs> so it's great. But it's a fantastic tool in particular to help you realize what should be things you, you should, as you say, either delegate or delete from... Uh, from your calendar, delete from activities you, you have to conduct because often we add new tasks to, to ourselves yes. we, without actually understanding if there is any real value for us and for the business. And that also helps uh, in, in that extent. So fantastic tool. Highly recommend to, to test it and to implement it. All right. 
Mark, what is the, what's our next one? Second tip will be to automate similar tasks, which can be also called as batching. The simple idea is avoiding like switching between different tasks a lot, which involved what is called a switching cost. The advantage is when you batch, for example, checking your emails, doing only, let's say, twice a day, and you will answer those emails all at once, completed that, and you can move on to something else. So you're actually concentrating all those action at some at a specific time during the day. And it doesn't take you a lot of um, extra energy for your brain to have to, I will say, accept to move to this new task, to change a new task. It's just like a normal flow. So you become actually more productive at staying within the specific type of task, let's say, and uh, become more effective in, in this case. And this could be applied in many different aspects while we're speaking about uh, emails. But let's say you can batch if you're working from home some days and you go to the office other days. Maybe you can also consider batching all your <laughs> all your meetings with your colleagues or with with your clients a specific day because, uh, because it can also be helpful and effective. I realized quickly... After going back to the office, after spending more than a year uh, working from home, that I was less productive in the office. So I decided to actually move all the meetings with my colleagues on the days I'm going to the office simply. Uh, as I know, I will be more effective doing my uh, focus activities on my own at home. Any any experience for you on this one, Christian? Sometimes you can see the calendars of your colleagues. And as you mentioned, I've seen... Mm -hmm. Some people that they have 9 to 10 a.m. answering emails and catching up with work. Oh, yeah, true. And it's Correct. kind of like a focus time for them, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, same as you. I see that this, this switch of people that go to the office that now everyone is actually trying to batch the meetings. So next tip, the power of no. So we're going back to what Adi mentioned actually last week. This was his uh, professional advice. And I really believe that it's, it's super valuable. The ability to say no, and here I'm taking this from the angle of having some time for you when you believe that things are not important yeah. or not urgent, or simply to say, no, I'm not actually going to go to a specific meeting without the correct agenda. So being able to say no, as well as how you prioritize your life, I find it super, super valuable. It's a skill. I have to admit that I, it's something that I'm not doing all the time. But I've seen whenever I, I, I do that, really good results. What about you, Mark? Uh, actually, a question for you. What do you, in particular for junior people, what do you do to say no to someone more senior than you or someone with more experience with asking, oh, can you help me with this task? Or I'm assigning this task to you and you want to say no. <laughs> do you have experience on that? <laughs> but at the beginning of my career, I have to admit that I used to say yes to everything because you want to stand out. And it's not about saying, no, I will not do that. That could be even <laughs> taken the wrong way. It's more around questioning what is the value of the task that you're going to be doing. To your example, if someone that is senior asked me to do, go to a specific meeting that I know that there is no value out of it and I could be doing something else for another customer or for another project that I'm working on, I would actually question, well, is this the best use of my time? Yeah. What is your experience on that? Yeah, actually, I was going to add as experience on that. I learned to say, let me come back to you and I tell you if I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That gives you time to step back and to reassess and 
also understand if it's actually bringing value to to the company, to your clients, or and to yourself, and figuring out if are you actually the right person to to do this kind of action. Maybe there is someone else who is better suited or is part of the actually job description for another person to do that. It's obviously interesting if you want to develop your skills, but that that could be useful. So just say to the person, um, I come back to you and let you know if I can help on that. That will be my tip on, on that. That is really cool. Your advice takes me to the next tip. Have a daily schedule and stick to it. Coming back to prioritization, something that is perhaps not urgent, you can actually have a schedule and have those activities that you set up a deadline and you have a goal towards it. This way you can actually say, every day I will accomplish something that could be, for example, you schedule exercising um, or upskilling, but you have that plan, that is schedule that you, you stick to it. And even having that will help you actually to say no, right? You have your daily goal and you have now that limit and I would say even a deadline for you to actually accomplish that. Do you have a schedule, Mark? In my case, it may be a bit more for personal Maybe I should implement as well at work. <laughs> you say that. But definitely on the personal aspect, I have a specific schedule to go to the gym, uh, some specific outside activities, etc. That helps me, as you said, like to say no, to make me think back about some of the pot potential specific goals or personal health aspect I, I want to put myself. And in a work, uh, work environment, yeah. It's in particular important when you... When I had to do some specific presentation uh, that require quite an extensive amount of preparation, and you can be just taken by all the other activities and making sure you stick yeah. to those uh, one or two hours a day to prepare on this presentation is so important because it's so be so much better to do that than rushing at the end <laughs> as well. That's my perspective, or oh, I used it, definitely love it. Yeah, 100%. I, I use it for that as well. I try to always have that schedule when I say, this is the time that I'm going to have presentations, and this is the time that I'm going to prepare for them. Mm -hmm. I should have more on the personal side, I, I admit that. So you apply it more professional and I deposit, I do more personal. All right, so we have a balance here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number five, linked to what we discussed with batching on the second tip is obviously multitasking. Uh, so that's pretty much the opposite of batching. I touch on the aspect of this cost that, um, that is for your brain to actually switch tasks. And that's so important multitasking force you or put you in in this situation where you might not do the work correctly enough with the accuracy that you you will do when you are actually focusing on a specific task for a certain amount of time without uh, with removing every other single uh, distraction i see you nodding christian you have something to say on this one i totally agree with you that the quality of, of your work can be compromised there. One of the things that I would say is that I know a few people that can do that proper multitasking, but it doesn't stay, it doesn't last for long. Something, for example, that happened during lockdown and pandemic times was that we had all this online training. Instead of having in person. Yes, exactly. And I just mm -hmm. had it on, you know, on, on my headphones while I was actually answering some emails or texting people around planning and definitely it's not something that I could actually kept going, right? I, I ended up dedicating some time outside of work to actually do the online training. So it's just my personal experience. 
So I don't know, Mark, did you have any experience on that? Now, online training, I can refer to that. You, you end up finishing the training without really remembering what you learned. So yeah. <laughs> that's a proof of bad <laughs> multitasking. And the weird thing is we feel like superheroes when we multitask. We was like, yeah, I've done that, 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 and that. Yes, yes. And <laughs> when you come back to, to look in detail what you've done and you realize, oh my God, there is so many mistakes or my email is like full of contradictions and things like that. Yes. So it can be very, very bad uh, in in the short term, actually, even in the short term. And I was going to say in the long term, but simply in the short term, the quality is not, is not at the right level. Quick one. If you are enjoying this episode and our show, please make sure you follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Links are in the description as per usual. Also, if you'd like to grow this community with us, think about sharing this episode with a friend or a colleague interested about all things data. Now, back to the episode. Tip number six. Time box your tasks. And this is the concept of setting limits on your tasks, but it's also really linked to avoid the, mm, what yeah. is called the planning fallacy. And the planning fallacy is about doing overly optimistic delivery estimate. That you can think about, okay, delivering a project. I, I would say even for you and I, Mark, sometimes we say, yes, let's, let's um, record one episode, one hour, and we end up doing like two, three hours. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is that time box, your daily schedule that we talk about before, with time you will learn mm -hmm. and as um, with experience of doing similar tasks, you will have better time limits that will allow you to stick to those times, but definitely be organized. Yeah, and that's true. In particular, you you learn about your own capacity in those tasks. So you becoming better at estimating those uh, those activities. I like that. I will actually also add uh, from a personal experience because I had a real tendency to be perfectionist. So in some activities, time boxing, so giving myself a limit of time for some activities where I know I will tend to do too many hours, where the real value of doing those extra hours is not worth it. And I have this time limit, and at the end of this time limit, all right, the task is done, is good enough, because it can it can be good enough in this case, and it doesn't require to be like pixel perfect if it's like something creative of design, for example. And so that's also my take on the time boxing. Next tip, I think number seven, it's leveraging time management tools. I think it's because we are two technologists at heart in some aspect. So we do like to test new new tools, new softwares. Um, they bring a lot of value. Sometimes as an overkill, <laughs> I would have to say in the past, I've been overusing some of them. But there are some, some very good time management tools. So both of us are using some of those ones. Obviously, Calendar, we've been discussing about that is fantastic because it really helps you to frame your day, your weeks, and also looking at, at that from a week-to-week -week perspective or month-to-month perspective really helps in that aspect. So planning your weeks ahead or months ahead yeah. for your professional life and personal life, it works for both. All the tools we're using, so Notion on our side, we are using it extensively. I'm a I'm a huge advocate and evangelist, I will say, for, for this tool. Yeah. Um, it helps us specifically for the podcast as we can basically 
put some deadlines and create a, a calendar. And it's a great way to think ahead for us. Like just before this episode, we are actually planning the next two months or we're going to, when we're going to record the episodes and what we have to do by each of the dates. Another one I've been using personally at the time when I start to really consider the aspect of time management from a work perspective is a tool called Toggle. So T-O-G-G-L. And with this tool is basically you can uh, track your time for every single activity. This can be an overkill in the sense like you can go very detailed on everything you track, but it's fantastic in the sense that at the end of, let's say, I, I recommend to do one, two weeks, maybe three weeks tracking everything. First, you will very quickly realize if you're doing multitasking <laughs> because if you stick to it to track everything you realize oh my god i need to go back to the software to say that i'm doing my emails and now i'm answering slack yeah. and now i'm doing that so you realize quickly when you are multitasking but at the end of those two weeks you will have a really good picture of how many hours you're spending doing emails how many hours you're spending analyzing data how many hours you're spending uh, if we speak again about data, preparing your data or finding the right data, etc., And that can help you to relate back to point number one, which is what is a priority? What is important? What is urgent, etc. Fantastic tool. I wouldn't recommend to do it like constantly as is also some aspect I'm consuming, but quite good. What, what's your point of view on this one? I can see why you are a perfectionist. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why I stopped to use <laughs> use it. <laughs> yeah, um, we have Notion, Calendar. I would say as well, consider some automation tools for your work, something that, that you can bring to your work or your personal life. The mm -hmm. podcast, for example, we use Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is a platform that allows us to publish the episode and automatically will be released on all major podcast platforms instead of going one by one. Another thing is if this, then that, or Sapir. So, for example, we record this podcast on a platform called Squadcast. And once the, yeah. once the recording is finished, it automatically gets pushed into, for example, a Google Drive or other platforms. I would say, yeah, look for um, any automation mm -hmm. tools that, that you can leverage because in the long run, you will benefit from having those, um, avoiding those manual tasks as, as much as possible. Yeah, all of, all of those are fantastic in the sense that you replacing yourself by a tool to basically do tasks that are, I don't want to say meaningless, but uh, that are not adding value and take some time on your calendar. So if you can automate, it's a it's benefit because you, you save more time for yourself. Yeah, yeah definitely. All right. That was, a, that was a good one. Yeah, um, yeah that was a quite lengthy. Yes. Tip number eight is enjoy your breaks. Oh, and really? <laughs> Where does that come from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this comes from the from the point of coming back to that prioritization. When you're having a break, you can actually now reflect and think back on what is, for example, important in your life. So you can actually have that per, a constant prioritization. Or even uh, from the point of view of when you're having a, a step back, you can actually understand what is what you like to do or what you would like to change. And I guess maybe the word break can be thought about here as holiday. I don't know, Mark, do you use breaks to actually think about what is what you're going or what you're doing? 
Yeah, in particular, I like this one when I look from a perspective of, okay, after work, just disconnecting, going out, going to do some sports, meeting some friends. Because, you know, when you finish work and you're in this phase where you're in between work and something else and you're still thinking about some activities. So having something that really helps you to disconnect, oh, it's yes. very good. Because you, you take the time to think about something else and subconsciousness sometimes works well. It helps you to, to solve some issues, some uh, some problems that you're finding in, uh, in, your, in your work as well. And that's only, in my point of view, only works when you take a break yes. from your work, when you take a break from the tasks and where you try to solve something. So a break can be so beneficial in that, in that aspect. Yes, very true. All right. Next tip. Tip number nine will be to learn how to delegate to other people. I wouldn't put delegating as a negative thing because it's a fantastic opportunity for all the, uh, all the people to learn first. So you were speaking about like when you're junior, so it's obviously... yes great when someone assign you a task uh, because it might, might give you the opportunity to learn uh, learn new new aspects of your job, learn new techniques, etc. So in many ways is because someone delegated on you and that's extremely beneficial for you for your learning. But at some point, some of those activities you become uh, very efficient at it and maybe you've been assigned to more important projects or tasks. So in your turn, delegating some of those tasks where you know how to do it, you know really well, but you want to focus on learning new things. And you have some colleagues uh, yeah. that uh, don't have this skill can uh, benefit from that. So delegating those those activities can be, uh, at the end, beneficial for both uh, both individuals here. Yes, I agree. Same as every single tip here, this is something that comes with time, with experience, but if you don't start mm -hmm. at least prioritizing that delegation or learning how to do that, there's something to consider. For example, if I would say, how do you learn how to delegate? Honestly, this, this happens when you realize that you don't have time for yourself or you end up working, mm -hmm. you know, uh, extra hours and just realize that I should be doing this. Fantastic. Last tip. Let me do it. So tip number 10, tackle the most difficult task first meaning tackling the most difficult task in the morning for example at work <laughs> i and i fall in in this uh in this trap often i i have to admit but starting the, the day by checking your emails checking your your slack or teams and ending up already like answering all of those and you realize you have this massive project that you have to deliver, this presentation you have to deliver the day after, and it's already 3 p.m. when you realize you or you finished to answer those emails. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is to, I don't know if it's a theory behind it, but there is a, a sentence which is, it's that frog, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so do this most difficult task first in the morning. That's also when you have the most energy and when your brain is most ready to tackle those uh, those kind of activities. Eat that frog. I really like the whole concept of when you are at your prime and during the day, right? So you that's when you ta tackle the most important task. Understanding how to prioritize that and, and go for it is, is, is a really good tip. I have to say it's a pro tip, the one that we're closing with today. Tackle the most difficult task first. And that's it. Ten tips. So if I summarize again, learn to prioritize automate your task batching, 
the power of saying no, daily schedule and stick to it, avoid uh, multitasking, excessive multitasking, time box your days, if I'm correct, how to say that, uh, leverage time management tools, enjoy your breaks, learn how to delegate and eat that frog <laughs> as a finish. <laughs> that was fantastic learning. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Mark. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode. This podcast represents our views and not the ones of our employers. Our mission at the Data Coffee Break podcast is to inform you and help you grow in this always changing data field. Follow us and get into the conversation with the community on our LinkedIn page and Instagram. See you next Tuesday. And until then, keep your data caffeinated. <laughs>